Okay, hello guys. We are back again for episode four. It's me, Kwejo, and we have Eubank. Eubank, say hello. Yeah, someone can see it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> and Jonathan, Jonathan, say hi. Hi guys. Um, it's great to be back here. Yes, and today we have joining us Daniel Marty. DM, say hello. Yeah, hello everyone. I know you've been waiting for me, so I decided to come to that. <laughs> okay, can you respect us? My, my friend. I respect our listeners and stop misbehaving. I know the pleasers wanted DM, so DM had to play. He actually begged us. You know, we have four friends, but we decided. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be stupid. <laughs> okay, so guys, today we are discussing dealing with politics in the law firm, and uh, we are going to break it down. So, um, since we are discussing internal politics, or let's just say politics in law firms, I think it's it's important that we understand the power dynamics in law firms so that. Going forward, we have a good base to, to, to move on from. So, Jonathan, if you can take us through that. Yeah. Hi, guys. Um, you know, lawyers, lawyers work in a very structured environment. So, at any rate, they're supposed to, because the ideal law firm has a structure, right? So, I'm, I'm going to assume that um, all law firms follow the structure, because the truth is, not every law firm in Ghana is structured like that. But largely, you'd have law firm structures such that you have people at the top partners, like the senior most lawyers, and then you'd have like senior associates. Some people have managing associates. I don't know what that means. But yeah, you have senior associates and then you have associates. Other firms have junior associates and then associates, but you get a hierarchy. And then you usually have support staff. So like um, clerks, like um, research assistants, typically like American type are legals. Yeah. So you have those people and then you have like, um, those are legal rules, even though they are low down the ladder. And then you have like typical support stuff like accounting, um, practice money, marketing, yeah, stuff like that. That's like a typical modern day law firm in Ghana structured like that, at least those that are um, in business and rubbing shoulders today. So yes, yeah, typically that's how you have it. The senior lawyers at the top, um, maybe five years above, depending on how ambitious people are. Maybe I, I see people like three, four, five years now starting firms, or even less than that. But yeah, so partner, associates, um, pupils, legal assistants or paralegals, and then on the other wing of it, support staff, like I said. So yeah, so that's the structure. So that gives us a fair picture of how, you know, firms are structured. And then we can delve into the politics because that that's a direct function of the structuring of law firms. Okay, thank you, Jonathan. Um, so let me move on to Eubank. Um, Eubank, I want us to discuss, you know, communication in law firms because as Jonathan has said the, the, the base for us, we know how the law firm works. So how do these players in the law firm interact uh, in such a way that uh, uh, the politics is minimized or in a way that, you know, enhances a non-toxic environment? Um, I believe that before we get into um, the whole conversation about communication and transparency, um, we should first be able to tell what the motives are for this whole internal politics thing. Um, it's mostly an advancement and then money. And so one way of dealing with that is through communication and transparency. Because if you enter a law firm and it's clearly defined how you are going to move from an associate to a senior associate or to move to a partner, I think that that would in itself reduce the level of politics that people play. Because I know they are like certain places, or let's, let me use auditing firms, for example. 
you know that after two years you are going to get in, you are going to do an interview and you are going to move to a senior associate and all that and they are going to be sort of test and all that so that sort of helps with that situation like there's a roadmap that yeah. you know so that you know that follow. yeah i mean once you follow the roadmap you are going to get there but in law firms everything is like shrouded in secrecy you don't know whether actually you have to party the partner or something to be able to get there and so that's why it's important for people to know how they are going to move from one road to another. So I think mostly there are places that have like a sort of a policy. So right. you know that after right. two years, maybe yeah, associate one, you're going to move from that associate one to associate two, maybe based on performance and all that. So I think it's very important from the get-go, once you get into a law firm, for there to be the best way to go around it is to have a policy so that it can't change from um, person to person. One there's a, once there's a standard policy, you know that um, these are the benchmarks that I need to meet to move from one rule to another. And so that's the best way to go around it. Yeah, better than a free-for-all. Nobody knows what's going on. So then people start... Uh, I don't want to use that word. People, people, start, people start trying to carry favor with certain people in the hopes that they can make it up the ladder. I think it's a good point that you make. I, 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 mean, I want to piggyback on something that Ibang said. Yeah, go ahead. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, about... Um, you know, a well laid out plan or a roadmap to like partnership to the very top because like that's what people ultimately look out for, right? I feel like that's a very significant point to make. But the other side of it is that whether you have that or not, obvious politics exists, right? Because um, the thing is, politics is just a natural function of like the professional relationship. People trying to follow that roadmap or lack of it of GC to get to the top. So it might be heightened where you don't have one, but even where you have one, it's like a race. Everybody's like just trying to like follow that road map as it says in the black and white to get to the top. So both ways are really going to have office politics, even though I admit that it's worse when you have nothing like a road map. My mentality about working in institutions like this, particularly Ghanaian law firms, I've been around a couple, and, you know, I, I, I've never for once gone into any law firm in Ghana and said that I want to make partner. And uh, you guys know this. I've said it a lot of times. And it's funny because ideally everybody should aspire to, like, partnership. But I never, I, that has never been, it, like, one of my aspirations for, like, going to a law firm to work. Why? Because in Ghana, typically, you, you can, people can throw a lot of, roadmaps in front of you and see this is how you make partner or this is how you do this or that but i said in the other you know conversations we've had on this podcast that a lot of law firms in ghana are family and friends sort of and the way to set yourself up for ultimate disappointment is to expect that people are going to treat you the way you get treated in like a clifford chance or like in maybe other allen and ovary or something like those are like properly structured law firms where like <clears throat> time-honored practices of promotion and stuff like that will have you go up the way you're supposed to go up. And even there, the office politics is crazy, right? So, I mean, beyond talking about lack of roadmaps and all of that, I think at some point in this conversation, we should address the obvious point that whether you find yourself in an established law firm or not, you're going to have to navigate politics. And if you're going to have to, how do you do it? And what are the dark sides to it? Like, I think we should, like, evolve into a conversation where we have a very healthy conversation about how 
you go about the office politics thing without like yeah without I think I think that's how we round up. We'll try and provide <coughs> solutions to same. Um, DM, what do you think? What are your two cents on the matter? Yeah, I I agree with you, Bank. I mean, there's a need for policies, but generally, when you have a policy put in place, there's also that allowance given for exceptions or brighter people. So there's still that element of discretion where it's like, okay, so you are you're supposed brighter to brighter people like me. I understand what you mean. <laughs> Let's focus on the topic. So yeah, you say maybe you have six years to make um, senior associates per the company's promotion policy. But then someone would come and then the person is exceptional. And then so in about four years, they'll move the person up. Or sometimes you might have people leaving the firm along the line. So when you're, when you're trying to hire someone new, the person has maybe done five years in another firm. You want to push the person. He's not going to accept coming to your firm and waiting an extra year to be made a senior associate. So in situations like that, the policies are there, but... Because there's always that allowance for discretion and then for in some of these exceptional circumstances, firms tend to move away from them. And then that's when the issue, because you don't know, I mean, they say the person is exceptional, but maybe you don't think so. So you don't know what's happening behind the closed doors. No, but you know, the point that I was trying to make wasn't really about, you know, because once you have a policy, normally office politics is really heightened because you feel like, oh, there's only one place at the top. For example, if I mean, for example, if I'm using an auditive firm as an example, they don't really mind making ten people senior associates. They don't mind making five people managers of maybe a department or something like that. And so, if there's a policy in place, you know that maybe I mean that's you still have to play the normal office politics, right? But you still know that there's a place at the top for you. So it wouldn't be giddy giddy like that. You don't feel the need to go and sabotage another person to get to where you want to get to, because yeah. you know that you you still have, you can still go through the process. <laughs> this guy, no, no, no. I understand that. I understand that it helps. It helps, but it doesn't eliminate it. So yeah, I I think it's a good point that you made, and the thing that I really wanted to discuss was you see Jonathan gave us a background. You see that the uh, law firm is very hierarchical. We have people from the top who are the partners coming all the way down to support staff. And one of the ways that you can you can really deal with uh, office politics is by having, you know, effective communication, open and effective communication across all levels. So we should have a situation where people at the bottom are not afraid to speak to people at the top. You understand? Because these are the things that foster healthy working, like healthy working conditions across board. So that when things are happening in the firm, people are able to, you know, come up and speak about it openly. Once you have this happening, you have you realize that uh, people are not doing things behind the backs of other people, and then it's causing a whole lot of issues. Because I mean, I have personal experiences where, because the people lower down were not able to go up and speak to the people at the top, the person at the top has a different perception of what's going on. So then there's a toxic work environment with very very bad office politics going on, with people backbiting and speaking very badly about certain people to people at the top. Meanwhile, that is not the fact on the ground. So if there are open channels of communication, these people, whoever has an issue or whatever is happening, you get to the, the partners, the people at the top will get to hear from both sides. So it's not this stratified kind of working environment where it's only senior associates who can speak to the partner. 
or it's only associates and senior associates who can speak to the partner. People should be able to speak to the partner. I mean, the support staff, paralegals, whoever it is, front desk executive or practice manager, whatever you call yourself, you should be able to, to speak to the partner so that if there's anything going on, it won't be happening on their blind side. And in that case, I think, uh, well, it, I won't say it will eliminate uh, office politics because, I mean, as human beings, politics will always exist in any environment that we find ourselves in. But it's going to be a much healthier environment to work in. I don't know what you guys think. I sort of have a, like a, a very different opinion on it. And that's because I think that, you know, when we talk about law firms, we always seem to think of maybe the normal Ghanaian law firm where maybe it's a big law firm, but you have just ton, 10 lawyers. But if, let's say, we're dealing with a, a big law firm in such a situation, I think it's always important to have a channel of communication. Because if you're in a law firm where an associate can just get up... No, you didn't get me. I'm not saying you walk into... I'm just saying that their their, their so worries they are, or their problems can be heard. So it is not about just walking into the partner's office. It's about the partner being able to hear precisely what the people are talking about without it being adulterated, twisted, or changed. If you get what I'm trying to see. So, but how do you do without structures? Because every, I think every structured organization is going to have layers of. Because I don't think that maybe if let's say a legal assistant and you have an issue, you still have to go through layers. You still have to maybe probably go through. Yeah, no, I'm just saying that you don't work. I'm not saying that you should. Well, in an ideal situation, you should be able to work in, especially as you are, say, are saying. We are speaking in context. Ghana here, we don't have any law firm where that should be a problem. I think our biggest law firm. There are about 30 people. So without obfuscating issues, let's keep it within our context so that we understand what we are talking about. Let's not expand it to places where they have hundreds of people. We don't have that here. So I think that in our context, we should be able to have open channels of communication. You can't say that it's so big that you can't speak to the partner or, or anybody higher up there, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I agree. I mean... Yeah, I feel like... Yeah, DM, you can, you can go for it. Yeah, some firms have like an open door policy. So, I mean, there's still there's still a structure, but if you felt the need to go straight to the top, that's possible. So, I mean, it's it's always nice to have an open door policy. So, maybe you would, you as a junior lawyer, you'd, of course, try to move through the channels. But where you feel like it's not helping, that avenue should be there to just go straight to the partner. And then yeah. So... I was, I was just going to like say almost the same thing that you said. And I was going to say my personal experience everywhere I've been, like almost everywhere I've been, uh, they've had um, like a, a very open policy where you like have direct access to it. It's like there's no proud or sort of um, barrier between associates and partners. The, 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 there's a command, there's a chain command at work. So you don't report to the partner directly, unless of course you're working on a project and it's in the partner GC, but like mostly you have access. And I feel like access is, is more important in this context because access is everything. As for work, obviously it has to go up the food chain because of the refinement requirements. So it goes through the associate to the senior associate, possibly to like a managing associate if there's one, and then to the partner. It just makes for better outputs that's how it's supposed to be but apart from work you know everything else because it's like a holistic working environment so apart from like the technical work probably so-called there's usually like other things that people would want to like have access to partners to talk about and these are the things that usually like make or break 
individuals by like way of office politics and stuff like that. I, I just thought of something very funny when we're talking about this, like, when we're talking about support stuff. You see, it's good that you have access all the way to the top, but it's also very good that you are like very cool with like support stuff. In my experience, you can have very profound in experience in law firms with people there, there's usually so much to learn from support staff. Ironically, in my experience as well, it can be the exact opposite. So you you might get like the best experience out of support staff, like maybe clerks, legal assistants, or you can get like the worst experience out of them, depending on how the firm is structured. If the support staff usually feel like everybody else, like the lawyers are on one extreme end and on another extreme end, they begin to form clicks. And once they form clicks, it gets dangerous. And there's also politicking right from the bottom. Like it's, it's a complex mesh. So there's politicking from the bottom, there's politicking among the lawyers, and it just becomes nasty if that situation exists. So yeah, maybe if you guys have experiences as well, I found that legal assistants can be, like in my experience, I've met like the nicest people as legal assistants and I've met the absolute worst people in law firms also as legal assistants. So it's the office politics really extends beyond lawyers as well. I just started chipping. Yeah, yeah, I think that's very true. Office politics is not limited to one group of people within a firm. So it it, it cuts across. Uh, DM, so, you know, I wanted you to touch on this point because uh, one of the reasons for office politics too is the, the limitation of resources. When I talk about resources, I'm talking about Clients, cases, promotion, etc. So I, w- I just want you to discuss the internal competition, you know, in, in these circumstances or in these areas that leads to politics in the law firm. Because you see, sometimes there are certain clients that you know that if you work on, it's going to look very good on your CV. You know you're going to um, gain a lot of good experience from it. Or certain cases or certain things, you know, these are the things that usually push you ahead and gives you visibility in a firm. And in a firm or any um, corporate organization, visibility is key. If people don't see you, they forget about you. So people, you know, struggle for these things. People want to be on the juicy breeze. People want to work with the big clients. They want to speak to them. So that gives them visibility. That puts them out there. Um, so in, if in your experience that has happened before, and what do you think is the best way to go about this? Okay, so in terms of competition for clients and resources generally, I think it will depend on the sort of firm you're in. So if you're in a firm where like there's a bit more structure, you have um, departments or teams, in situations like that, it's it's rare. I mean, it still happens. Or if, maybe not even teams, let's look at the, the firms that do Eat What You Kill or the commission B system. So this is probably more prevalent. So the DM, your accent come off. <laughs> <laughs> I was born this way. Let, let's focus, oh, please. The gamashi there, this video I sent you guys. No, 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 I'm Portuguese. I'm Portuguese. I'm Portuguese. Yeah, so in firms where you have a commission-based system or it's what you kill, then it's a question of maybe your senior brings this case. He has to um, decide which juniors he wants to work on because it's his client. So in a situation like that, I mean... There's politics. I mean, you ca- you can't move away from that fact because apart from the them looking at your technical ability, there are some briefs that je- if you've been to law school, you've worked as a lawyer for three four years, you can work on it. It's not they don't need 
you don't need to be the best lawyer to work on it. So even moving from your technical ability, the senior would want to work with a junior that he enjoys working with or they have a rapport or some sort. So in a firm like that, you can't really eliminate politics because, like I said, it's my clients. I'm going to choose who to work on the brief with. But in a firm where there's more structure, it's like a salaried environment, maybe the partner has brought the clients. This is a litigation matter, so it's going to the litigation team. They've assigned it to the team head. He also still choose which associates to work with, but in that one, he has, I mean, it's, it's more of who's available or not, rather than who I enjoy working with per se, unless they are overburdened or there are a lot of lawyers there. So, firstly, the way to eliminate most of this is structure. If there is structure, it limits the um, the discretion available to senior lawyers in choosing who to work with on cases they get because you know that at the end of the day everyone is going to work on the briefs everyone is getting a salary at the end of the month the briefs are coming from the partner at the top or even when you bring your own case you still need to work with a partner so it goes to this team okay this goes to the land team this goes to the corporate commercial team but in a firm where there's not so much structure it's like okay now this brief has come choose who you want to work with so if you are not on good terms with any of your seniors, then it's like you just keep missing out on the juicy briefs. They just keep giving you Ellis. The Ellis, where they give you the ransom <laughs> <laughs> with just one property. <laughs> you just go and be moving Ellis in court. Where else your, oh, your colleagues are handling juicy briefs. Yeah. So, yes. So I think one way to solve it is structure. Try, um, and then on a personal note, just try to give your best. Because at some point, if you are not good, I, yeah, mean, I mean, whether there's politics or not, if you are not good, you are <laughs> not good. You need so, to earn your stripes. I mean, yes, you need so, to yeah, you need to get in there and show that you are worth being on the big cases and handling the big clients. Um, uh, Jonathan, what do you think about this? Yeah, um, I, I agree mostly with DM. <laughs> I was... A funny thought just dropped in my head, and I was I was here laughing. You see, the way we they talk these matters about law firms, you guys are hindering your employment. <laughs> my my partners do not listen to the podcast, time, time, We are done. We are done. I should say the day I got dropped for Ghana to the third job for law firm. Everybody will say, go and work at your podcast. Because every time you're like, I, I, have, I feel like my takes are... I'm pretty radical sometimes, but yes, um, that that's very true. There's only so much you can do for yourself if you are not good enough. Even if you're good enough, there's there's office politics, obviously, but people forget that sometimes the politics does as much as getting you a foot in the door. And then, like, what as far as you get there, you have a table on the seat. You really have to have a table like, prove your worth. Is that America doing that? <laughs> I speak, yeah. the, I speak the King's English here, please. You have a seat on the table. If you don't edit this part out, this guy, this one man, I'll never go edit time in the day inside, Papa. I will use that mask. Your mom go you, you as well. Yes, now they never dispute. I thought it'd be US expression. It'd be US expression. Okay, keep going. Yeah, keep going. 
okay. yeah once you have a seat at the table you have to put in the work so i i agree with dm i, I don't think i have a lot more to see on this okay. i have a lot more to see on other aspects of this convo yeah all right so um i think another point too that we should discuss is the role of mentorship in law firms and how that will help um to give more clarity on this i'm just saying that you know sometimes when you get into a law firm uh, mentorship is very good as in you get someone who is higher up who has more experience to take you under their wing and show you how things work and i want us to see let's explore whether this is something that does it help does it help eliminate uh, uh, work politics and and what ways you think that can that can be the case uh Eubank, if you can help us out um that's i think that that's very interesting because it's not something I've, I've ever actually thought about because when you mentioned it, the first thing that actually came, well, well, no, the first thing, the first thing that actually came to mind was that that also has the prospect of actually creating clicks in the law firm. Because if you have a situation where, let's say, um, someone comes into the firm and then you know you have a mentor-mentee relationship, before you see, you find that there are people in several clicks. In, in so that's also that's something that's interesting, but they need to properly manage it to ensure that. It also doesn't create clicks in the law firm where people are lining to people and all that and feel, mm-hmm. feeling like they owe loyalty to certain persons in the law firm. Yeah. And so it's something that maybe the law firm should explore, but they should do it in such a way that it doesn't create divisions because it actually has the potential of creating divisions. Because I've been in, I've seen law firms where they sort of assign a body to you or someone to you once you get into the law firm. Sometimes you feel like you owe so much to them that even when they go wrong, you feel like because when you enter the law firm, they are the ones who took you through, you sort of owe an allegiance to them. And so it's it's a good thing that law firms must explore, but they should do it in such a way that it doesn't create divisions. Yeah. Okay, I think that's interesting. Um, DM, what do you think? Um... Yeah, I, I think I think it's it's a good point. I think Ebank has raised the other side of it, but it's it's a good practice because um where they said that usually the communication is important and then so much of the things that happen in law firms are shrouded in secrecy. So when you get in as a young lawyer, like there's some things that you need to know. Maybe you enter as a pupil, you'd really like to know what your seniors are getting. But you can't <laughs> go and ask the partner or the HR. But I mean, once you have a body, these are some of the, the questions you could ask. And I mean, it also depends on the body. If your body is also being secretive, then I mean, it negates the whole thing. But if you have like an open and transparent body, they teach you the ropes. So it's it's a good thing to have because other than that, sometimes you're in the firm, you don't even know how things happen because maybe in your first three, four weeks, you're shy. You can't just go and talk to anyone. But you know that you've been assigned someone and then that person is there to guide you but like Ibank said, I mean, that could lead to you feeling like you owe them allegiance or loyalty, and then that also has its bad sides. But it's it's a good it's a good thing to have. But I mean, I remember I I had um, I was giving someone to mentor, and I think one time we were working on something, and I wanted her to find something out, and later on I think I didn't need the information again, but she couldn't find it, and then when she came, I was like, oh, it's fine. But I think maybe the way I said it, I was a bit dismissive. Now the pupil or intern was going back 
And then in her exit interview, she's like, sometimes she's afraid to ask questions. <laughs> so, DM, DM is very rude. You're not approachable. Very rude. Yeah. You're not an approachable oh, wow. person. You need to. Yeah. Yeah. But you, na- na- naturally, I'm very dismissive, bro. Oh, wow. <laughs> I always have yeah. a smile on my face. You so, know? Come on. Come on. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good thing to have. It's always nice to know so, that there's so, someone so did, I can talk to. So did Hitler. <laughs> Jonathan, I want us to move to another point, and I, I think you can give us maybe some examples that can help us with this. Um, we have, uh, well, let's call it an ethical behavior in certain law firms, and this also heightens politics or is a result of politics. Um, so, certain unethical behavior in law firms, such as discrimination, harassment, retaliation, you know, these things that crop up that make a law firm very toxic. Uh, I want you to to um, discuss Juna, he's how a, these he's issues... a product of that system. <laughs> Juna, <laughs> Juna, enjoy the benefit. I, I want you to discuss these issues and maybe give us the steps Juna, that Juna, if they go if, if I'm not, not from go, then they give them all the cases. Family and friends. Juna, then they give them all the cases. <laughs> um, um, so oh, let me see the eye. Then they give <laughs> Charlie, guys, ignore you, bank. I don't know what's got into you today. <laughs> ignore you, bank. Every every favor I've ever received in this life has been as a result of. I didn't the, even talk about you favor. know an ending Jonathan, of God. I was even talking about this. <laughs> He's even calling it a favor. <laughs> no, no, but it's you, bank. You bank started talking about receiving favors. That's what I'm saying. I didn't even talk about that. Mm. I was talking about discrimination, harassment, <laughs> retaliation. You know, that's what I'm talking about in law firms. So, Jonathan, yeah, if you can take Charlie, us away. You know, I, I feel like you are being led by the Spirit. Because even when I thought I was going to talk about the previous question, I thought I was just going to, you know, you know, give thoughts. And I was thinking about unethical stuff. And then the Holy Spirit said, ask him this question. <laughs> so he can find a way of bringing the answer into this. So, Charlie, you try in Christ. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea. I'm a minor seminarian. So the thing is, like, just, just to start off, that body system, sorry, I had to go back to that. But the, the, it's, it has, as Ubank and DM both said, it has both sides. And I feel like the part that maybe we've not spoken about, which is something that borders on, on ethical conduct, is the tendency for people to abuse relationships. Like I think beyond breaking the ice and getting people familiar with the law firm, the body system really has no purpose because it has a purpose. I mean, beyond that, it doesn't because you should begin to like see every other person out there as a body. That's how you like build a healthy working relationship with everybody else. But you, the lawyers, and I hope that you guys don't become like that. You, those lawyers that are abusing relationships like that and moving to girls and the women that are moving to boys out of relationships like this that it's just very unethical yeah oh it's it is it happens it is <laughs> yeah, oh, is that something Look, you want to tell us if you are out there <laughs> this is a safe and space you are a lawyer and oh no if you're out there and you're a lawyer and you are abusing you know a position like that yeah, you, you should do better you because... have to stop yeah yeah jonathan so you were talking about um the problems that having a body system or a mentorship program in-house may, may cause. Um, so yes, um, I, I, I think I was saying that beyond, you know, the essence of breaking the ice and getting people familiar with a new working space, the body system really shouldn't have um, 
we shouldn't place too much relevance on this because it has a tendency of doing the exact opposite thing that people think is the underlying philosophy of it's like you end up as Yvonne was saying like just creating a fake and people need to have a holistic experience know as many people as you can build solid bonds with your co-colleagues and you can you can only do that by going outside that body system so yeah beyond that and i was saying now that you've asked me a question about an unethical conduct i feel like this is the point where I send out an appeal to lawyers. Like, you know, if you're in a position where someone has been placed under your tutelage used loosely as, you know, a buddy or whatever, you're in a a fiduciary role. And quite obviously, you shouldn't move to that person or like, you know, don't abuse that privilege. I answer your your original question about like, you know, um, uh, kind of conduct that just like serves as a breeding ground for dirty office politics yeah i think that's the terms dirty politics that's what we are against not just politics yes, in itself so in yeah so discrimination and um, you want an example so here you go for instance like you can you, for instance you you have some law firms where um and i've been at law firms people from like clicks out of like you know like let's say maybe a northern caucus <laughs> or maybe like a gang caucus it's hilarious right yeah it's hilarious right and um yeah exactly and quite frankly yeah i mean charlie i'm sure people will go like and this boy where how many years of practice he practice with every time he gets on story but but yeah the thing is um that's that, that that's where the discrimination starts. Once we are all, you know, at the same establishment and, and um working on the same deals and like doing the same kind of work, I really feel like you can't ignore the fact that people like find affinity and like just bond over things like this. Like maybe, you know, you play soccer together, same tribe and stuff like that. But like heightened um importance placed on it, things like that can just like be the breeding ground for classic situations where people feel like they can take advantage of the situation and play dirty office politics. Yeah, obviously you can have a situation where everybody's eyeing the top. As I said, I've never been part of those like aspiring to partner or whatever, but like most people would aspire to be partner. And so obviously when you're in an establishment and people are working together and all of that, people are trying to find ways and means of like getting the attention of the powers that be those who are in charge of your appraisals and those who are going to push you up the ladder right to where you think that you you know you want to be eventually. So uh, the, the the temptation to use dirty tricks, like you know, let me give you a typical example. There there are people who have complained to me, and it's not me, it's not my personal story. People have complained to me about the fact that they find themselves in some firms and they do work with like maybe like an associate that's work with like another associate who's like senior so like maybe a tier three associate and a tier one associate and they do work together and obviously the supervisory role is with the senior person and the senior person like just like takes your work maybe who climb a sinker whatever refines petty details and like owns the work and cuts you out i've actually seen this work in real life in a law firm where an associate does work maybe even 40% of the work and the junior, like that's the rest of the work. And it's supposed to be done together. And then cuts her, the junior out of the work, like sort of in transmitting this to the partner, makes it look like this is be me, my work. And I found that experience very eye-opening. I'm like, ah, so 
what's the whole point? Like the beauty of working on teams is, you know, to make sure that everybody feels like they have genuinely contributed significantly to the success of the project. And so if you are in a law firm and you're working on a project or a joint brief, and at the end of the day, you want to take star credit for it, or you want to shine off the backs of others, it's only unfair. And well, that might get you favor with the bosses. By the end of the day, nobody's really going to like working with you. And these relationships transcend, oh, you've been promoted. Here's your paycheck. Now you're a senior associate. At some point in your career, that you're going to reek, reek of someone that nobody wants to work with because like, you don't give people their due credit and you're just a terrible boss. So in the struggle to become like, you know, to go up the ladder and to get recognition and all of that, Let's remember that there's a lot of loneliness at the top sometimes. And if you don't do it the right way, yes, you may end up getting your foot in the door, getting a seat at the table of partners or wherever it is you want to go. But ultimately, it's going to be very lonely. People are going to have poor reviews. And partnership is a means to one end, quite frankly. And that's when you realize that you really effed up. So, yeah, um, I think that's much as much as I can see about like negative practices. I'm sure the boys also have experiences. So. Yeah, Eubank, uh, DM, if you have any experiences, I think uh, this would be the time to share it. <laughs> I don't have any experiences, but I don't know. Apparently, some firms, some junior lawyers look for girls for their senior partners. So. <laughs> hey, <laughs> sure you are not speaking for yourself? No, please. Yeah, but I mean, that also I have, I have heard news before, but this is <laughs> I'm shocked. Yeah, apart from the partners preying on the younger female, I mean, if it's a guy and he's trying to get in the good books of his partner, yeah, he introduces a few friends here and there and then. He, so basically, he's outsourcing the, the politics. So yeah, that, that also happens. So... <laughs> it's it's not good, please. Young lawyers out there, stop selling your female friends out to your bosses for favors. Do not do that. It's not worth it. I, I know, I know, I know a young lawyer who you know is uh, could could even like <laughs> even ask us say make you <laughs> make you go do sexual favors for promotions if you go do. No, but I mean, is that uh, lawyer uh, in, in the studio right now? On a serious note, that's I feel like Judah, the way Jordan knows so much, GBA should actually institute like a whole committee to go into and invite <laughs> Jordan because he seems to know so much that we don't know. Can you, can you, you guys, I think you guys miss the memo every time. Can you not talk about the GBA yeah, sure. when I'm on in the But I mean, there's I one, mean, there's one aspect <laughs> of the conversation that I don't know. When, you know when we're talking about communicate, open communication and all that, we never mentioned HR. You know, we mentioned partners yeah. and all that, but we never mentioned HR. Because when you go to actual law firms, or there are actual law firms in Ghana that actually has an HR person. I was actually the best English student. We need to investigate that. Best, <laughs> in the land of the blind. Best English student. <laughs> in the land yeah, of yeah, the blind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I think that that would, that would actually help, you know. So, instead of probably having to move from associate to partner and all that, if there's someone specifically designated for that role to deal with human resources. I know firms have, like, partners in charge of human resources. There are places where they actually have, like, um, a recruitment manager or an HR person. So that would actually help in dealing with some of these issues that come up instead of actually 
having to go to because I feel like that in a way um, is it strangles or yeah I, I, can't, I can't get the right word but ah, the strangles the, the, <laughs> com- the communication <laughs> process you would oh, say it in Chi I, 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 I can say it in Kasina is this the language is Kasina you know what I'm talking about give you the word it's 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 why? You think, <laughs> you think that Stifle is too simple a word? See, I'm only brothel. I'm not aware that it's too simple. Okay, guys, I think we should wrap up. Um, let's talk about the best practices that law firms can employ at, uh, uh, to, so- to solve this uh, bad politics, as Jonathan said. I think Eubank has already led the way by mentioning the fact that it's good to have an HR person or better still, an HR department as other you know companies have in order to deal with certain things uh, that come up from, from all of this. So, um, Jonathan, let me go back to you. Uh, is there any other thing that you think can help us? Yeah. Um, well, I think a lot of, you know, a lot of it rests on the shoulders of like the individuals. I know institutional steps like, you know, having a solid and robust HR um, department in place and like having a comprehensive um you know, manual detailing steps for promotion and all of that can do so much to help. But I also feel like at the very center of office politics is the individuals who work in the firm. And so you need to understand that they are a very active part of the setup of the establishment. And it starts with you because um, if we are going to see any change in law firms, we're really going to have to start from the bottom all the way to the top, well, bottom top approach, as Dumelo would say. So um, <laughs> that's 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 how I look at it. So as I was saying, I've been at firms where, like, I and I would reiterate. Um, Do you know how many firms have you been? Have you been at? Every day I've been. I've been at. No, that that's that's a valid question. Yeah, I've no, been, I've, I've, I've been, been at like four, five firms. Yeah, <laughs> I've been at like five firms. No, continue, Jonathan. So yeah. Commitment issues. Um. So yeah, I was. Uh, you, I'm gonna do that. You just messed up my train of thought. Yes. So I was saying that I will reiterate that clerks in, in my in my in my short time practicing the law, some clerks have been phenomenal. Others have been completely um problematic, and that's just to paint the picture that if office politics is gonna have to change, it's gonna have to start from. The very base, not bottom, because I find bottom derogatory. So, like the very base of every establishment. If we have negative practices at the very bottom, it's gonna like go all the way up to the top. So that's how I see it. So you need to understand how formal and informal networks work, right? Um, in my previous firm, everybody would walk in. Like it was, it was really beautiful seeing people like walking and like have like maybe a five minute conversation with like the cleaner. Or, like those things like melt my heart for some reason. I don't know if it has the same effect on everybody, but I kind of feel like if you understand the formal and informal relationships and networks at work, um, yeah, like, I mean, a step ahead of everybody else in figuring out this office politics thing, because that is how, to, like, I mean, think about it. That's how politics works. Nobody is saying that you shouldn't try to put yourself out there or place yourself in the limelight so that you are promoted, but do it in a way that does not like destroy relationships with others so that you don't have to be like and so these relationships has to be positive you have to keep it professional we've already spoken about that so these unethical practices really need and developing your soft skills 
I feel like that's huge, like developing your soft skills. And maybe this is out for those who like walk into a law firm and want to be partner. The way to do it really is to like develop your soft skills. Like there's a lot of things that people can do. People go to law school for six, seven years or thereabouts. Everybody should be able to do the very busy things a lawyer should be able to do, right? So I really feel like what distinguishes a good lawyer from an average lawyer is your, yeah, me pekasa, sesa na a uh, good lawyer from like the average lawyer is like your soft skills. So you should leverage on those like your soft skills to be able to gain recognition and be noticed. Nobody is saying that the politics won't come. People will notice you. Maybe people won't like it, but you shouldn't be actively part of the problem. So, I mean, the politics, you have to be positive about it. I think I'm done here. I understand the formal and informal network, build positive relationships and like work on your soft skills and just leave the rest of the dirty politics to everybody else but you okay um, i also think that um in line with um, communication the lawyers we need to be more transparent because i mean we are part of the problem so maybe you associate on the same level then maybe you are hiding your salary from your other associates i mean bonuses might be discretionary <laughs> but but <laughs> some of these issues is, is because of secrecy ladders maybe you want to go for salary negotiation and then you go alone Come on, it's not so you might go and then you get an increase by your colleague does not. And then that's that's sort of that's some of the things that the partners they depend on or they thrive on. Also, firm should have um, team bonding activities. It'd be like you pay in DM. Team should have team bonding activities, outsource some um, office retreats to I mean some of these HR firms. Like it really helps, you know. So all of these things they foster a healthy um, environment in the firm and it helps eliminate some of these bad politics yeah okay so yeah the, the last thing you I want to increase your salary you complain <laughs> um, can you respect yourself Jonathan <laughs> the Send last thing I want to add so that we can wrap up on this is non-discrimination at the top I think that uh, at law firms we need the leaders to lead by example one thing that encourages a very toxic environment is when leaders openly show the people that they prefer and once you do that, you see it starts uh, a top-down approach where there's a very toxic behavior dripping from the down to the bottom. And you have people who seem to carry favor with the boss. So then now people start have to either align with them or they also have to pick a strategy and it just becomes messy. So from the top, when there's a non-discrimination from the top, you have people who can even come to the boss and talk to you, the boss, about somebody. But once it's clear from the top that this is the boss's person or this person is the boss's person, even though there are maybe, let's say, five senior associates, you can see clearly that the boss only prefers one. And then if there's an issue with that person or if that person is perpetuating a very toxic culture in the workplace, it becomes difficult for people to come up and speak about it. So I think the leaders need to lead by example, especially with non-discrimination from the top. So... That'll be my last point, and I think we can wrap it up here. Guys, it's been a very long break. Um, we apologize. Things kept coming up. We wanted to record, but it couldn't happen. But we are not going anywhere. I mean, we are still here. I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have Jonathan and Eubank and now DM joining us. We are still here. We're going uh, to be recording uh, regularly. Our song for is you coming guys. soon, too. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we are dropping our first studio album, Love and War. What's it called? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was supposed to come on February 14th. Uh, <laughs> Jonah has like a few a few lyrics for us. I yeah. think they've been, they've been writing. 
Guys, let me be serious yeah, about this. Yeah, we've been working on the song. They've been working on the song. It's going to come out here first. Eubank and Jonathan yeah, yeah. have been putting in the work. Their pen game is on point. And when I tell you it's on point, I'm not even joking, guys. You are not ready for what's about to yeah. hit you. But on a more important note, um, we three, uh, we four here together with others, we set up a, 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 a sort of an NGO because when we finished law school, we wanted to give back. So uh, Jonathan led that charge. It's called STLO, Shoulder to Lean On. Every Easter, we try and find a school, provide some support. And this year, we found a school that we are looking to support. So um, we are going to be soliciting for funds. And I think yep. any amount that you can provide, I mean, we'll accept it. So I'll, I'll give out the numbers on here so that if anybody wants to donate, you can send, uh, you can send your donation in via mobile money. And we'll be very glad to. We'll, to we'll share the flyers on our pages too. Yes, so. and we'll share the flyers on on all the main please support pages. You can also check our pages uh, STLO both on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. You find it there. So the numbers you can send to for MTMO is zero five five zero eight four four seven two six, and the name on the account is Joseph Basal. For for Vodafone Cash, you can send it to 050-000-0250. And the name on that account is Daniel Martin. We really appreciate it. No way about any one that account. <laughs> 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 and please, please don't be calling that number. It's just a mobile number. <laughs> yeah, we, really, we really appreciate anything that you can do to help. And we know that it will bring smiles to the faces of these children in these dilapidated schools. If you go to our, our account, you see the pictures there. And you see, it's nothing to write home about. So please help us to be a blessing to these children. We thank you. Until the next episode, it's that, bye-bye that, from that all of us. That is last one, I beg you. I beg you. We the diasporans, because I, I won't do the face, the flag, but Independence Day is this week. So, I mean, happy Independence Day to everybody. Those of us Happy in the Independence diaspora, Day, everybody. We, happy Independence yeah, Day. We believe that Ghana, Ghana is a motherland. <laughs> so, yeah. Right, right. All right, we aim to please. Okay. <laughs> okay guys so till the next episode is going to be bye bye from all of us bye